Amen. We're going to continue uh, in our Free to Be Fruitful series. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to the book of John chapter 15. We are talking about the fruit of the Spirit. In John 15, verse 16, and this will be read out of the Amplified Version. It says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God has chosen you. And I have appointed and placed and purposely planted you so that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing. Tell your neighbor, keep on bearing. And that your fruit will remain and be lasting so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, as my representative, he may give to you. Let's pray this evening. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time that you have established, Lord God, for us to be receiving your word tonight, Lord God, as you have prepared us, Lord God. Help us to not only be hearers, but doers of your word. And in that, we will see your blessings. You bless obedience, Father. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen and amen. We have been, been having a great series uh, on the fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to continue that. Um, and then we're going to finish off uh, coming up uh, in, a, in about a week or so. And so you don't want to miss that. Um, but Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. Galatians 5 verse 22 and Paul says this, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what Paul is saying is that the fruit of the Spirit uh, is a by, they're byproducts of a life lived under God's control. So that means that if you are connected, the Bible says, to the vine who is Jesus Christ, you are going to bear fruit in your life. And it's going to be lasting. And you are going to, and as we remain in him, we will keep bearing this fruit. That means that we cannot obtain this without his help. Therefore, if we want these character traits to grow in us, we must join our life to his. We must know him, love him, remember him, and we need to imitate him. So let's continue the series tonight. Tonight we'll be talking about goodness and faithfulness. We know that we as humans have many different interpretations of what is good, don't we? Think about it when it comes to food. You may like a certain dish that someone else may think is awful. And I'm sure you've encountered this before. I remember as a kid, I remember going to Wienersnitzel. Uh, I, I, I guess for some of you before me, Der Wienersnitzel. Yeah, does that ring a bell? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what year the change took place, but yeah. I'm sorry. 
I remember going there uh, on, on, on Sundays when the chili dogs were like 50 cents. And I remember my dad ordering these chili dogs and he would ask for extra onions in his chili dog. And now I'm sure to some of you that's, that sounds really, really good. Well, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really fond of raw onions. And so for me, it was like, how can you possibly eat that, Dad? You just ruined your chili dog. And I remember him enjoying, enjoying those chili dogs and having a good old time. You see, we can have different interpretations of what is good. Am I getting a different mic? All right. I think of, I think, again? All right, good. You recommend a movie to someone, and you say, you have to watch this movie. It's really good. And I've heard this before, and I would go watch the movie, and I would think, man, I, I want my money back. That's a horrible movie. How can anyone think that's good? You know, you may have been listening to a sermon and you think, man, that was a really good sermon. And then the person sitting next to you fell asleep in church. <laughs> if someone's asleep, wake them up, please. I know no one's asleep. But we can have different interpretations of what is good. I have one interpretation and someone else may have a different perception or opinion you see and that's what good is to us we think of good and we and it's just a matter of opinion it's a matter of taste so what does good really mean what was Paul referring to when he talks about the character trait of goodness that we are to uh, bear within our lives well, let's first look at where we get our standard from what is good and what is not. David writes this in Psalm 14, verse number three. He says, no one does good, not a single one. Maybe you're thinking, what are you talking about, David? I do a lot of good. I give, I give money to the, to the person on the side of the road. I help, I help little old ladies cross the street. I do a lot of good. What do you mean there's no good in me? And if that wasn't enough, the prophet Isaiah goes on to write in Isaiah 64, verse 6. He says, all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. If the first one wasn't a blow enough, that one kind of just... Sucker punches you. You see, but on our own, we don't produce goodness. And this is what we have to understand, is that even though we may do some good things, goodness doesn't come from us. Our best efforts are still infected with sin. Our only hope is faith in Jesus Christ. That we, that we would allow him to cleanse us uh, and bring us into God's presence. So according to the Bible, goodness does not come from man. Instead, the Bible says this. 
As we see in Psalm chapter 119, verse 68, the writer says, you are good. Who is he talking about? He's talking about God. He's talking about the creator. He's talking about his heavenly father. He says, you are good and the source of good. He says, train me in your goodness. You see, God is the source of goodness. He's the well. And we know that it is flowing. It is flowing through him, and, and it is to flow into our lives as we stay connected, amen, to the vine. The goodness is going to flow right into our lives and into others. Psalm 145 verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. You see, David brings a key point out in this verse. He focuses in on what goodness in the Bible, what Paul is actually talking about. One of the things that Paul is talking about here, David brings it out, and that is God's generosity. You see, the goodness that we are to bear within our lives is generosity. Because we know that God is generous to us. Amen? Amen. Raise your hand if God is generous to you. See, it's very true. Why? Because every morning the sun rises, doesn't it? But it rises for the believer and the unbeliever. God doesn't, God doesn't say, well, you know, you know, just those who believe in me will get some sunlight today. No, everyone gets to experience that. Why? Because God is a generous God. The Bible says in Psalm 145.9 that we read, it says, the Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all. You see, just as God is generous, we must be imitators of him through our generosity to others. I believe this gives a much better understanding of Luke chapter 6 in verse 38 when it says, give and it will be given to you. It says, good measure, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Luke paints a picture here, and he says that the, the, the goodness that's going to come into your life, the goodness of God is going to be overflowing in your life. It's not going to be just enough. It's going to be more than enough. If you've ever been to a restaurant, you know, and, and, and you, you're, you're watching them serve your food, and you're thinking, man, can you be a little more generous? You know, you have an expectation. You may, have, you, you may see the picture on the wall, and you're expecting that picture on your plate. But what you see in front of you isn't quite that. You see, God is a generous God. God does not hold back from us. You have to understand that. And the same needs to take place in our lives. As we, as we bear 
these character traits in our lives, God has called you to be generous in your, in your service, in your giving, in everything that you do, God says, be generous. He says, because the measure that you give is the measure that you will receive. So it's going to benefit you, actually, to be generous. Because the more you give, the more I can give back to you. You see, so you're actually shooting yourself in the foot when you are trying to be stingy. When you try to hold on to things, you're actually missing out on an opportunity, God says, for me to bless your life. So let's give. Why? Because God is so generous to us. Let's see what David writes in Psalm 34, verse 8. He says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, this is something that you can tell someone that you will not regret uh, uh, telling them to do. You know, like watching that movie that ended up being uh, uh, the worst movie ever. When you tell someone and say, hey, you need to taste and see that the Lord is good, I guarantee that person will not be disappointed. <laughs> David says, blessed is the man who trusts in him. What was David saying? David was basically saying, on Sunday, God is good. On Monday, God is good. Believe it or not, on Tuesday, God is good. 24-7, God is good to us because that's who he is. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. It doesn't matter what month or what year you find yourself in. God is still good, amen? It doesn't matter what's taking place around you. God is still good, amen? It doesn't change it that God is still generous to us. God is always, always giving us everything that we need. David even goes on to say in verse, in chapter 52 of Psalm, verse number one, he says, the goodness of God endures continually. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, the goodness of God endures continually. How many of you have been noticing the continual goodness of God active in your lives? How are you, are you willing and how are you going to share the gifts and the abilities that God has given you to bless someone else? Amen? You see, God doesn't hold, God does not hold with, withhold anything that is truly good from his children. Psalm verse, chapter 84, verse 11 says, for the Lord God is a son and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. See, Jeremiah says that the plans that God has for you are good plans. They're not, they're not bad plans. It's to give you a future, the Bible says. It's to give you hope. And I know, I know many of us you know, plan for the future. 
Well, how about putting your trust in God? How about placing your faith in the Lord as you plan your future, as you plan for the days ahead? You can never go wrong. See, but it doesn't stop here. Paul continues on to talk about the character trait of faithfulness. And Paul is saying that you are also called to be faithful. The Bible defines faithfulness as to be trusted or to be reliable. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, be reliable. You see, many of us have difficult times trusting God because of past letdowns and past hurts. But Paul writes this in in Romans chapter 3 and verse 3. He says, true, some of them were unfaithful. He says, but just because they were unfaithful, does that mean God will be unfaithful? He says, of course not. He says, even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. That's good stuff. See, it doesn't matter what took place in your life. It doesn't matter what you've experienced over the years. See, you have to to throw those things out when you put your trust in the Lord. Why? Because those things can hinder our our focus. It It can cause us... It can cause us to to concentrate on on human errors and human uh, limitations. But how many know that that there are no limits on God, amen, that he is faithful and he is going to continue to be faithful in your life. He is going to continue to be good. And whatever comes your way, he is going to help you through it and he is going to be with you every step of the way. See, God can be trusted. His faithfulness does not depend on our faith in him. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. How many times in our lives has our faith, have we stumbled in our faith? Have we questioned, maybe questioned God's faithfulness in our lives? How many times have we, have we thought in our minds, man, you know what? Is God really working this situation out for my good? Is he really at work right now? You see, even in those times that we are lacking, God is not lacking in his faithfulness. You see, the goal of faithfulness is not that we will do work for God, but that he will be free to do his work through us. That we would allow him to do so. That we would say, God, you know what? I give myself to you. God, I'm going to commit to be faithful to you so that you can so that you can work through me because the bible says that we are just vessels we're just vessels to be used for his work we don't we don't get the glory amen god gets the glory 
Because we know who we are on our own. We know the decisions that we make on our own. We know where our best efforts can get us. See, being faithful to the responsibilities that God has given you and I. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 35 says, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will, who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. You see, God is looking for someone who is willing. That's it. That's all you need to be is willing to be used by God. Willing to say, God, you know what? Here I am. Here I am with all my imperfections, God. Here I am to be used by you. With, 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 all, of, with all of my shortcomings, with all of my mind trips that I go through. Does anyone here ever go through mind trips? Or is it just me? I know I'm not alone here. But, he, but, it, but it, despite all those things that, that take place in our mind and those things that we, may, that we may focus on that God doesn't want us to focus on. God says, just be willing. Just be willing to allow me to do that work in your life. I'm going to work through you, and I'm going to make you more like me. See, we need to be reliable. Do you, are you a person that keeps your promises? Or do you just say things that, you know, may sound good at the time, but have no real intention of keeping your word? First John chapter 2 and verse 5 says, But whoever keeps his word, in him, check this out, truly the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in him. The Bible says that you will know when someone is in Christ when they keep their word. Isn't that something? It means something to, uh, uh, to God. When, when, you, when you keep your promises, when, when you can be a person who can be trusted the Bible is saying that faithfulness is a matter of if you say it, you do it. Amen? I don't know if you've ever had someone tell you, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this done. And the, the deadline came and it never got done. And it's like, you know, why did you tell me in the first place? I could have I reached out to someone else who, who I knew would get it done, but you told me you would get it done. That was your opportunity to prove your reliability. You see, it means something. The writer of Hebrews 10.23 says, God can be trusted to keep his promise. You see, when man fails you, you have to... Look at God and say, God, I thank you for you have never failed me. I thank you, Lord, because I can trust in you that what you tell me, you are going to do. I think of promises that we make. Lord, if, if you get me out of this one, Lord, I promise to serve you. 
Lord, if you get me out of here, we all know what I'm talking about. If you get me out of here, I'm going to start going to church, right? I'm going to start going to church. But what you, what you fail to do is you fail to keep that promise that you made to the Lord. Because now when you're out of that situation, now you find yourself going back to the place that you were before. The Bible says here in Proverbs 20, verse 25, it says, Don't trap yourself by making a rash promise to God and only later counting the cost. See, we need to count the cost, the Bible says, before you speak things. Before you say you're going to do something, you need to, you need to think about it, and you need to think what is involved. And if I'm able even to do that, because we need to be a man, men and women of our word, amen, as God has called us to be. Because if we are to be like him, that's what we need to be. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2 says, And the things, or doctrine, direction, counsel, advice, that you have heard from me, among many witnesses, commit or entrust these to faithful or reliable men who will be able to teach others as well. See, there's a need in God's house for reliable people. There's a need here for individuals that can be trusted. Individuals, men and women that stand behind their promises. Can you be counted on by others? Can you be trusted? There's a story of a missionary society that wrote to David Livingston. They asked him this. They said, have you found a good road to where you are? If so... We want to know how to send other men to join you. Livingston wrote back, If you have men who will come only if they know there is a good road, I don't want them. He says, I want men who will come if there is no road at all. Yeah. See, what was he saying? He said, I want men that I can trust. I want men that are going to be reliable. I don't want men that are only going to come over here just because things are comfortable. Because this isn't a place of comfort where I'm at. He says, I want men who are going to work. I want men who are, who are going to, to uh, be beside me in the good and the bad. I want men who I know that are going to, that are going to have my back that are going to, to, to do this work that is, that is gruesome at times. And they won't give in. They're going to stick with it. If you have any of those, send them. See, it's better to be, it's better to be a follower who sometimes fails than one who fails to follow. Because God knows that 
we're going to stumble at times. He knows that we're not perfect. But it's better to be that individual who follows and may stumble at times and gets back up and keeps going than to be the person who never even stepped foot to follow in the first place. See, Peter was a faithful follower of Christ despite his imperfections and failures. When Jesus entered Peter's life, this plain fisherman, he became a new person with with new goals and new priorities in his life. He didn't become a perfect person. In fact, he was, he was known for being a rather uh, 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 brash and, and uh, impulsive individual. He would often do things without even thinking. See, but despite his shortcomings, he continued to follow Christ. You see, God has called us to, be, to bear goodness and faithfulness in our lives. He, called, he has called us to do this. He has called us to be a people who, who are generous, to be a people who are faithful. Because he says, when you are connected to me, this is what you are going to produce because this is who I am. And church, let me tell you right now, as you remain in Christ, As you remain in him, you will bear these character traits in your life. They will be evident. You will see God transform your life. You will see see that, that generosity in your life. Before, maybe maybe you you wanted to hold on to everything. And now as, as you pursue God, God says, you need to let those things go. You need to let those things go. Give to someone. You see that person over there? They're in need. Go give to that person. You see that person over here? You have what they need. You've been, I've, I've given you what they need. And it's up to you to reach out and be generous with those gifts and abilities that I have given you so that you can encourage and bless someone else. Each and every one of us, if you, if you say God has been generous to me, then what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You see, because just because we, we, we give of what we have, it doesn't mean that, that God is going to uh, uh, be out of things to give back to you. As we are generous, God is going to continue, continue to provide in your life for every need that you have. And as we continue to be faithful in our pursuit of God, the Bible says that as we draw close to him, he draws close to us. What is it in your life? What areas in your life do you need God to change your 
perspective on when it comes to his goodness. You must stay connected to the vine. Then and only then will we see these character traits in our lives. And through it all, we give God the glory. Amen? As every head is bowed, every eye closed.